0: Hi, welcome to Creative Conversations, I'm Roger Humphrey. In this episode I'm chatting with author Jane Keon. We've known each other since grade school and both currently live in the small town of St. Louis, Michigan. Jane has written a book about the cleanup efforts of a failed chemical plant in our town, and we begin our conversation about that. We join in progress.
1: Okay, we'll do fine. Oh yeah, yeah, I have so (laughs) far. We've been talking for 60 years maybe? Maybe. (laughs) 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 I wasn't going to say that (laughs) out loud.
0: (laughs) But yeah, we've We've been we've been uh, we've been friends for a long 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 time, and uh, and so yeah I just think I just think that uh, I'm I'm impressed with um, and I, I'm going to put the plug in there I know that's not why you're here but I am definitely going to plug Tombstone Town because I think that that's a, a book well worth reading and uh, I've actually gifted a copy of that to a friend of mine um, and he uh, he's a doctor uh, he's a retired um, he actually used to teach uh, cardiology. Oh and um and so um i ordered up on amazon and just had it sent right directly to him
1: we should mention that tombstone town sounds like a western but it's not (laughs) yeah
0: well tell me what is it
1: well i i chose that title um because it seemed like the tombstone was such such a symbol of everything we didn't want in downtown st louis and and the tombstone was put on the chemical plant site after it was demolished and buried um, as a marker, a warning marker, because there was all kinds of chemical waste out there and also radioactive waste out there. And, and so they needed to have something there. And over the years, we always assumed, we, we kind of thought the best of them okay, so there was a monument company right downtown St. Louis. Maybe they were giving them the business or um, they wanted granite because they knew it would last forever. And we kind of made all these excuses for them. And then in 2013, when we had our ceremony, where we were finally able to move it off the site. Um, One of the people from the state of Michigan who was involved in the conversation of why they chose that particular marker um, told me the real reason. And the Which r- was? The real reason is that certain people in um, DEQ, the state of Michigan's Department of Environmental Quality, thought it would be funny because they were burying the plant site and they assumed the town would die anyway, so let's just put a tombstone there. So uh, That was pretty shocking and also a fresh affront to us for them to but I was glad I knew the the reason finally and at that point we had worked with the department of justice and a federal judge for years to get that tombstone moved off the plant site the chemical plant site and over to the historical society um it was it was long and arduous and constant letters and But we finally got permission to do that. And um, so we had a ceremony. And uh, our city manager um, put it in the back of his gator or whatever it was. It was a huge thing. They had to use equipment to lift it. And um, then we all followed in our cars. We even had some beautiful old cars in the parade. And we all went over to the Historical Society. We had more speeches over there. And then um, it was... The city then um lowered it onto the concrete platform that we had there and then later our group paid for um a little kiosk that has information in of why that tombstone what its history was and why it's here now so yeah that's so so the book um is is about st louis michigan it's a tombstone town but it was also a toxic town because of all the Chemical waste left here, and the health problems that it left, and so m- my book is the the second title is "Tombstone Town: A Toxic Town Fights Back" because that's what we've been doing for 21 years now. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, I know you've been uh, uh, I don't want to say leading the fight, but you've been right up at the front lines. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I mean, it's one thing to, to sit back and drink a cup of coffee and complain that they should do this and they should do that but you're part of the they you've been doing it and uh, and that's pretty cool so as a resident of this little town I I would thank you personally but uh, thank you but uh, um, but yeah it's and in the book I, I mean I thoroughly enjoyed reading the book as did my friend I mean he 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 just came back with wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I so I said to him, I says, Well can can you say that on Amazon?
1: <laughs> <You> yeah, <know? laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> get a couple of things out there. So um but yeah, it's now you've been writing on again and off again for a while, right?
1: Oh yes, my whole life really. Um fourth grade. I remember I wrote my first creative thing because the teacher asked us to and I enjoyed it. So that's when I started and um all through high school wrote fiction and poetry and um and of course a lot of term papers <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
0: we've all got some of those yeah, so right.
1: but but then um i actually have my master's degree with a creative writing emphasis oh. that i got from michigan state university and so i taught um, creative writing in the um Mm, the evening college like they had down there back Uh then Mm -hmm. Um, and then also got jobs uh, first there then at CMU and then at Alma College teaching um, freshman composition oh which um, I think I made a little more uh, interesting than maybe some other teachers do because I usually took the students on field trips at least once a month to interesting places, and then they wrote about those things. Oh. For instance, we went to the circuit court, and they hmm. sat and listened to the what, um, whatever was going on that day. Mm-hmm. And we went to the prison a couple times. I took groups to the prison. And um, so they got to write about that. Um, at the time, I don't know if Alma College still does this, but they're, um, they have a couple of cadavers for their anatomy labs. So we would spend some time with the cadavers. So, so I think, um, in a way, I was creative. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say that's pr- that's pretty creative. <laughs> to give them things to write about that they probably had never encountered before.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's really fueling the fire. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, it's it's one thing to I think write about you know your pet kitty or something like that. Right. But, you know, <laughs> right. You know, suddenly being confronted with a cadaver just kind of trumps the kitty in a hurry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. And there were some, that was it was volunteer, and there were always one or two students that said, I just can't do it, and that's fine. They didn't have to. They sure. could go do something else. So, sure. Yeah, because we don't want to push that kind of thing on anybody. Right, right, exactly.
0: Right. So I know that, that um, uh, in retrospect, I think I would have enjoyed... Uh, A pursuit in in writing rather than in music, I think, at one point or another. Um, I I do it. uh, I was laughing with a a friend uh, recently, and I told him that. Been writing songs most of my life, and I don't think I've ever written a good one. <laughs> uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I've written some okay ones, but yeah. maybe. But I've never written a good one. I mean, really good one, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and he just laughed because he has. <laughs> oh. So So, so he and he just smiled because he knows. You but know. But
1: how do you know they're good until the public gives its opinion?
0: well and that's 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 a good that's a very good question i think um like like many artists i'm I'm probably my my own worst critic, but in my particular case um I have played this music for people and um uh and I've put it out there and and at best the the response has been lukewarm- even Aww. amongst people that know me and and so um you know when when you play it for somebody. That, that you've known for a long time and they go, Oh, that's nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: you know, that pretty much yeah. pretty much tells a story, you know. So <laughs> so and so and it's not like they're awful, okay. you know, but but I did um uh when I was in my twenties, um I did do some writing for um uh, background music for documentaries and things oh. like that. And that music the, the the melodies and such um and the things that I was doing then and even now to some extent is well suited for that. Uh, but it's nothing that you would pay money to listen to, or nothing you would bring up on on any of the streaming services today. It's it's not that compelling, but it does fit within that. So within that genre, uh, I, I've written some music that is, let's say, acceptable. But um, uh, but as far as you know, being something real listenable to, to just sit and listen to, uh, no.
1: It's, uh. But but background music, it could be. Yes, yep. and has been. And it's interesting. I'm thinking about when I saw you um, at Highland Blush. Yeah, about a year and, ago. Mm-hmm. And a, a bunch of us high school friends were there. And you informed us ahead of time that, you know, my music isn't the kind where, you know, it's it's not a performance. I'm not sitting up here performing. It's just background music. So you just carry on with your conversations and so forth. And, for, and that just sort of fits with what, you said you're good at is a background mm-hmm. music, although that night um, we all just violently clapped our hands after every number <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to get your goat a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it's, it, it, I, I've played so many different uh, functions and events where I have been uh, a background musician, and, um, and a lot of people say, gee, you know, I, you know nobody's listening i'm I'm really sorry you know it's like no i mean that's it's not a concert you know and uh but the other thing is and part of that and i and i talk to people about this a little bit and i've had i've played these events and i can't tell you how many times i will have somebody uh, somebody come up to me towards the end of the evening and say I know nobody else is listening, but I am, and I've really liked it oh, nice. now it's nice to hear that, hmm. but I've had events where I've had almost half the people in the room say that exact same thing <laughs> you know i I know nobody else was listening, <laughs> yeah. but I was you and and so it's it's falling on their ears, but but it is not dominating the moment and right. and which is precisely what it's supposed to do yeah and and so it allows for for conversation. And the other part is like when I play particularly like uh like weddings and things like that um when you've got people anywhere from middle age on up coming in and saying that they really enjoyed the music and it was nice that they were able to talk without screaming yes. you know and I we've know and we've all been to those events haven't oh, we yes. you know and so so where the volume is just so high yeah. and and it's it's not a musical event it's a social event for for family and friends mm-hmm. and and any time that musician regardless of the instrument or even a DJ thinks that somehow they have to be the center of attention they're in the wrong room at the wrong time yep. and so
1: I fully agree
0: so yeah so yeah. so I take those as compliments some people think that they're apologizing and I explain to them no that's to me that's high praise mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly what I'm trying to do it's exactly what I'm trying to get to I laugh because every once in a while I'll have somebody come and say, "Can you turn that up a little bit? We can barely hear it." And I laugh because my <laughs> friends who are in bands—they're they're always getting people come up and say, "Can you turn that down?" <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 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 and, and so it's—it's it's kind of the difference of—you of, uh, know—the the, the events and such. But but yeah, it's something I've always been uh, ever since I started gigging, uh, particularly. Uh, and it wasn't like I set out to be. Uh, background musician. That was not the goal. No, of course not. But but what happened was I, I was fortunate enough to recognize that that's what was that's where it was for mm-hmm.
1: me. And, it's and kind of that way with um, with the fiction and poetry that I used to write. Um, you know, the big thing was to get published. Yeah. And then after I had a number of things published, um, I sort of lost interest. So I don't think my I don't think I was using my creative outlet as I should have, if mm. it was just to get published. Then uh, for a number of years, I wrote for newspapers, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you used to figure well, a novel's, a, you know, anywhere from 150 to 300,000 words. And I was putting out an easy 300,000 words a year, just writing for the Saginaw News. And that was interesting to me that it was no struggle. You just did it because it had to be done and mm-hmm. the people needed to know it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was sort of an a interesting turning point for me to realize that um, being published wasn't about success. It was about um, informing people, getting the news out there, letting people know what's going on. It was about them, not about me. So then uh, I think doing those years of that kind of output really facilitated me later. Now that I'm, for 21 years, been involved in this group and in, in writing letters, I don't struggle. I mean, it's like, okay, it's got to be done. I sit down, I start. If I don't like that, start it. I, I usually write the whole letter. Then I go back and I fiddle with it, you know.
0: Are you a paper and pencil writer, or are you Not a anymore.
1: I thought I would never lose that, because for years I would continue to write uh, with a tablet and a pen, mm-hmm. you know. No, I do it on the computer now. It's so convenient. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you remember the days of typewriters? Ugh. Oh, my gosh. I typed novels on those with carbons, you know. Sure. And whiteout.
0: <laughs> and whiteout. <laughs> and whiteout. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I um, uh, when I was in the Air Force for the last two years of my my uh, hitch in the Air Force, um, that's what I did was I typed reports and things like that, and and I didn't have an electric one. I had a manual typewriter, you know, and which wasn't bad, but you know, it's like yeah, you make a mistake and you just cringe, yep. you know. That took five minutes out of my life. I'm yeah, fix that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> zip zip zip, yep. do do whatever you have to do, yeah, but but uh, yeah, it's. When I was writing my blog, and I'm probably going to go back to that real soon here, but when I was writing my blog, um, uh, uh, I, I would come in and I would just sit down and I would do a minimum of just kind of, you know, stream of consciousness, yeah. and I would just, off the top of my head, and I'd do some uh, some uh, uh, on-the-spot editing while I was going through, and which is so easy on a computer, you oh, know, it it's just like zip-zap. Yep. Once in a while... Um, I don't know, i pat myself on the back for this one a little bit, but once in a while I would just throw the whole thing out and start all over again. Oh, boy. You know, it's just, but I never wrote anything big. You know, these were always right. short, short blogs. And uh, yeah. and so, anyway, uh, but I would, yeah, I'd sit here and I'd do something and I'd write for about 40 minutes and I'd read through it and I'd go, yuck. <laughs> 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 That's just poo on paper, you know. <laughs> I was like, man, that has gone. <laughs> yeah,
1: when I... When I started out writing the book, it had been in my mind for 10 years, but it wasn't about me doing it, it was about somebody else doing it. Ah. After we had been underway for a good um, seven to eight years, I thought somebody should should write the history of our group and what we have accomplished. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking that and thinking that, and finally I thought, well... There's nobody else. I guess I better do it. <laughs> and it still took me a while to get down to it. But when I did, I was really trying to capture everything that we had done. And so my uh, my first draft was a good four inches thick, you know, if you printed it out in uh-huh. paper. And that was way too long for mm-hmm. anybody to sit down and want to read. But it was good for our archives. So that's where that version is. So then I had the fun of going back and back and back and chop chop chopping and it was amazing how much I could chop out. It's all interesting in and of itself, but I wanted the story to move. Sure. And that was my goal. I wanted it to be accessible to um anybody uh whether they read fiction or non-fiction, they would in, they would be caught up in the story and want to find out how it turned out
0: you know when i was when we were in high school and we would write papers um and uh and high school term papers you know and it was you know, you'd find Because it, it's got to be At least You know yeah. What 1,500 words Or something You right. know So you'd, you'd write a sentence And say Okay that's seven <laughs> <laughs> Right and, so, you know, and, and you'd find Any way in the world To pad that You know oh. Why did the chicken Cross the road Well let's see The chicken t- Doesn't always like To cross the road But something You know And you just
1: Stretch out oh, And adverbs And, and adjectives all as, oh, as many as oh, you can yeah, Load just in there Sell it by the pound
0: Right you <laughs> yeah, <know>? Right <laughs> So Anyway, I waited um, uh, until i was twenty seven or twenty eight uh, to go to college. so I waited about ten years mm-hmm. before I went to school and and uh, and I remember of course you know college is not high school and and, and twenty eight is not seventeen so um, so a lot had changed in my life of course uh, and i and I took uh, college very seriously a lot more seriously than I ever did in high school
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I had a writing assignment and um uh, and I mean, we got it in the syllabus on the first day. Well, turned out my schedule, I had like, like two days a week. I had two hours for lunch. Well, who needs two hours to eat a tuna fish sandwich? Right. So I thought, okay, I'll just you know bury myself in the library and start doing what I need to do. So I came up with the topic, and you know, by the second week, two <laughs> days a week, I'm in the library looking up stuff and finding things to start. So I got all these materials, and and I remember writing that th- this term paper and I wrote it the way I remembered writing it in high school, and I'm about halfway through, and it's supposed to be um, like 1,500 to 2,200 words was the paper, that was, the, that was what was asked. And so I'm about halfway through, three quarters of the way through, something like that, and I'm already at like 3,000 words, <laughs> and I'm going, well, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> so I went through and I started slashing and hacking yeah. and, and, and doing what you need to do, and I came in at about 2,100 words, and I, I, and I, I was busy, you know, just right. slashing and learning how to be concise in thought yeah. and 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 such. And um, I remember uh, I got an A on the paper, which I felt very good about because, again, I, that's not something I had a lot of history with. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that was that felt pretty good and uh but what what really surprised me is i had that same teacher the next semester and he required a paper every semester and he used my paper as an example of how a paper should be written and uh and boy my head got real big for a while i just strutting my stuff and and so
1: rightfully so though and
0: and but for me it was i I learned two things number one i learned time management right because I am. I, I put the pro in procrastination. Boy, I'll tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and I'm awful at that. And and so uh, having that uh, and trying to write, you know, a, a, a legible paper in like 20 minutes before class or something like that, you know, like so many kids do. Oh, I know. And and coming at it as an adult and saying, okay, I've got this time. Instead of wasting my time, I'm just going to start doing this, and then sitting down and um, and spending a couple of days to write the paper and edit it and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, and that, that taught me a lot about, uh, time management, taught me a lot about editing, things like that. And those were lessons that, that I had begun to learn, uh, when I was in the service in the military and kind of got better at it while I was in college. And so now I use it pretty much my day to day. It's just one of those lessons that i carried with me. I couldn't do half the stuff I do if I wasn't trying to, you know, manage my time properly and, and, uh. That's right. and, and and the writing and the writing is enjoyable to me still in part because I don't have to I think you know when right. you have to when you're on deadline yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah. then it's just no fun at all. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, uh, deadlines are good though. I think that helps with time management too sure. to have mm-hmm. deadlines. I think the newspaper writing really helped me with that. Um, the other thing is is um, you over the years you develop a, a certain amount of confidence in your ability to that things are inside your head that you can talk about on the paper. It's just that you need to start typing and it'll it'll just come mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And it does and it never comes out as nicely as you want the first time. So the the revising, the editing, the rewriting are um those are really enjoyable parts of the process to me because you can you're refining then, mm-hmm. and you can you're looking at what you're looking at it from the standpoint of the person reading it saying okay they they'll they'll understand this right away but i better add a little bit something here to explain this part or i don't need this explanation because this really does say it right here you know back and forth um yeah so i'm glad i had those years of of writing for the newspapers and um, and then and then uh, the freshman compositions, <laughs> um, it 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 brought back to me of how most kids do write when they're in high school. And these were freshmen; they're just out of high sure. school. And of course, most of the students that take those classes are really good in band or math or science or something, and this and English writing is not their strong point. But they're going to need it. So, um,
0: you were talking about what you were doing a, a minute ago about uh, editing and all that kind of stuff. And I, the thought that I had at that time was, uh, as you were speaking, was that uh, if I had known, if I had known when I made a decision that I wanted to go into the arts, <laughs> 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 how much grunt work is involved? <laughs> yes,
1: right, <laughs> exactly. Know?
0: And and how much time you spend alone. You know, I right. mean, I I sit. I mean, we're here in my office, and I sit here sometimes for hours and hours and hours working on music and, mm-hmm. and doing the work that I need to do. And the I mean, family's just on the other side of the wall, but they're there, and I'm here, you know. Right. And, and uh And that's something you have. That solitude is something you've got to mm-hmm. make friends with very quickly. Right. And, um, uh, and, but there's just a lot of grunt work. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I've written a couple of guitar method books, and just... The layout and the spacing And the, uh, all of the technical aspects of putting that together right. You know, it's been people go, oh, you know And they, they don't realize, you know You've got, you've got hours Yeah
1: <laughs> I, uh, We've also, um, over the years Worked with a lawyer from U of M Law School uh-huh. On various documents that, that we've had to either respond to Or write ourselves And um, I learned a lot about Um not editing as much as re-looking at what you've written Mm. re-reading it over and over and over I think she said um, minimum anybody should read what they've written six times that's minimum and no matter how long it is before you send it out And um, so I would one of the documents that we created I w- I did that. I read it through six times and mm-hmm. found things. And then I had her read it, and oh my word, she had so many subtle, uh, usually subtle, I don't think there was anything blatant, um, additions or deletions that made such a difference in not just the clarity of the document, but in not just the conciseness but it made it come alive sort of oh it was going to really um slice into something which is mixing metaphors it it isn't it wasn't just a document anymore it was it had punch it had sharpness to it
0: a little authority yeah.
1: yes authority but we don't have any authority as a citizens group so sure. we can't exert anything like that even in our writing but there's ways of saying things that can um, slide off a person's consciousness or embed itself in a uh. person's, con- person's consciousness. And she was an expert at that. So I learned from her about how to write um, this kind of writing I'm doing now, which is a lot of science you know, I avoided science and math all through school. <laughs> I did not take chemistry. I only did geometry. That was as far as I got with math. And yet here I am, involved with um, science, technology, politics, <laughs> lawyers. Yeah,
0: another favorite subject or two. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: But it wasn't. It wasn't because I chose it. But that's where life put me. Yeah. Yep
0: it's funny. Yeah. It's, it well, is. and it it's it, it's interesting how our 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 life path is very often it goes in a completely different direction and you know you're sitting there at, at age 20 going, I'm going to be yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. Talk yeah. to me in 20 years. And yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's, and, yeah right. it's 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 really funny. Um and when you come into in my particular case as a guitar player and, and back then as a singer also, um, uh, of course, I was convinced that I was going to be a pop star. Okay, it didn't exactly not, work.
1: Not the folk singer, though, huh?
0: No, I, you I well, that.
1: I, I, I just go right to rock. <laughs>
0: no, it wasn't going to be rock either. Oh. Um, uh, for me, in my it, it, my own personal journey, um, I remember just out of high school, um, and uh, and I was working. Was it was it out of high school, or maybe I was still in, in the Air Force? just early what so it would have been like maybe but i'm thinking like 66 or 67 and but i was at mom and dad's house um and uh and uh, there was a tv show on it was one of these these teen shows that they used to run in the okay. 60s and their musical guest that day was somebody i'd never heard of a blind puerto rican guy named jose feliciano oh my gosh <laughs> and I, and i was like half taken a nap it was right after lunch and all of a sudden this guy started playing and singing light my fire and i sat straight up and and became immediately, and I mean, immediately enamored with what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, in 1971, after he'd had a string of hits and all this kind of stuff, had a chance to see him in concert mm. and then meet him and talk to him for a while. Really? and and this and and it was, uh, for me, it was very exciting because he was somebody that I don't want to say uh, I idolized. That would be wrong, but I, I certainly did admire him and still do. I certainly did admire him a great deal and and it was through that and the conversations that we had that I I really kind of wanted to focus on a nylon string guitar and and he'd actually suggested to me that that I should uh, consider taking some classical lessons because I was trying to steal his licks and and <laughs> he simply says you can't do what I do if if you don't know what I know
1: uh, and uh, good advice not
0: bad and yeah. so anyway um, uh, so that took me down a path that I hadn't really anticipated. Right. And then a couple of years later, um when I realized that that I couldn't be a professional singer because my voice wouldn't hold up. I was doing 4 hours a night in a club and and uh uh and I I was having really terrible times with um uh, uh, laryngitis. And oh. I'm doing a solo and uh, and laryngitis was just in and I I only half joke about this but it's true that some nights uh, I'd get to the third set and uh, my throat would be so sore and hurt so bad that I could hardly finish a cigarette.
1: <laughs> Jeepers, I forgot, you did smoke, didn't did you? I did, yeah, <laughs> so,
0: anyway, so <laughs> anyway, but it's still, I mean, it's it's still a weak muscle for me, I can't, yeah, uh, I, I I can't sing for long periods of time, mm-hmm. and now you know, <laughs> at our tender age, um, I you know I don't sing very often anyway, and so when I do sing a little a song here a song there, and it's I'm pretty well done, uh, but um, but yeah, so I switched to just doing um, uh, instrumental music, mm-hmm. and um, and that led me. Uh, deeper down the rabbit hole into classical music and classical right. guitar and things like that. Hadn't anticipated. If you had told me in '66 right. that by '76 I'd be playing just pretty much exclusively classical yeah. guitar, uh, I'd have laughed. Yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> you know, right. So it's 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 you know life does kind of um, kind of has a way of sure of changing your mind. Was it John Lennon that said that life is what happens wh- while you're busy making plans? Yeah, that's and, about right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because you remember I played guitar yes. in high school, and mm-hmm. my brother and I performed a mm-hmm. lot. We were a duo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continued it in college. But, um, yes, in fact, Norm and I planned, we, we were making plans to go to Woodstock. We'd heard about it through the oh, grapevine, sure. you know. Mm-hmm. And then I found out I was pregnant, so we decided not to go. But, and, and having babies, of course, changes your life plans, too. In a hurry. Yeah. And actually, well. I didn't, um, I was a late bloomer for college, too, because I went two years to Alma, and then was married and had my babies, and then um, went back. How old was I? I, um, well, it was a good, we lived away eight years total. So it was at least um, six years I'd been out of college and then went back. Oh, okay. And um, then finished my undergraduate and got my master's degree all then. And talking about writing under pressure, um, at MSU they had a summer half semester. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you could cram a whole semester into a half semester. And I decided to do that one summer because... I wanted to spend the rest of the summer with my little boys and um so I did. And I had two philosophy classes and two English classes. And I was writing 10 papers every 5 days. Oh my goodness. And these were not easy ones because this was graduate level by then and philosophy <laughs> and English. Um <laughs> and I did it and I got re raving reviews from most of my professors um but i just about killed myself oh yeah. yeah yeah sure and so those the five weeks that i didn't that i could just stay home with the boys that was like recovering yeah <laughs> from the five weeks that i'd <laughs> spent doing didn't the other get, didn't
0: get a chance to no. enjoy the time it was no. just like leave me alone mom's and, tired <laughs> and i think i uh
1: I met my match, you know, because when you're young and you think you can just push yourself a little sure. harder, mm-hmm. and but uh, yeah, I I found my limit that those five weeks. I used to teach,
0: and this is no joke. I used to teach at two different colleges, right. plus in Lansing private students, and I had ninety between the between those places, those three places, I had ninety three private students. In addition to which, I was teaching two different classes, and I had um, two. Uh, ensembles that I was conducting, and and uh, and so, <laughs> and so I went through about a, a semester of of doing it like that, and uh, and I thought, nah, I I'm, I'm going to draw this back a little bit. But at that particular time was the the time that I met this one student who's now a friend, and he he made the comment to me recently. He said he says. You're the guy that invented the twenty eight hour day All <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> nine more <Yeah. laughs> not anymore. I just can't do that anymore, but I still work a lot but th- the thing is and 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 I tell people this too that and I'm sure you feel this way about yours is that this is my golf this is what I do for right. enjoyment you know yeah. i I don't know what I would do if it's if if I fully retired, mm-hmm. I'd be dead in a year i j- mm-hmm. just from you, know, right. you know so this is the only thing that keeps me above ground I think is is doing things and doing new things like Mm -hmm. like what we're doing today. So,
1: So. Of course, I was a mother, a Mm -hmm. wife, Mm -hmm. uh, commuted an hour each way. Mm -hmm. Kids were in daycare. Um, We had dogs. We had chickens, uh, a garden. It it was too much. I was Mm -hmm. being a mother as best I could and a wife as best I could and a student as best I could but it was too much and that was part of the stress too. Sure. Thank goodness we have enough strength to do things for a while till we can right the ship and realize it. Mm. Not going to sail that way for a while. <laughs> 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 oh, no.
0: Yeah, I think th- th- most artists that I talk to uh tend to do that though. Yeah. Um that that you've got uh several irons in the fire at any right. given time right. and and it's it's kind of the nature of the beast i think i think other people do too but not to the extent
1: probably not you
0: know i mean uh, i always used to marvel uh, when i lived in tokyo uh at the japanese because um uh, they would have a job and one hobby that was it
1: oh, really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now they might do that hobby four hours a day but that's all. It was it was a hobby, and and that was it. And so, and as opposed to our style, where it's like, yeah, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can do some more. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, and everything sounds
1: can. interesting too. Yeah, we. That, or yeah. you want to help somebody else out? Sure. You know, mm-hmm. I know. So, yeah. But um, we well, at least we have enough sense that we know we can't carry on like that forever. You know, you read about some people that just really literally work themselves to death and we've got enough sense not to do that because here we are at 71 years old and we're still kicking.
0: I really want to thank Jane for taking the time to come and talk with me. I really enjoyed it and I hope you did too. Local artists are just like any other small business, so if you believe in buying local and supporting hometown establishments, then please include your local artists. I've included a link to Jane's book, Tombstone Town, in the description, so you can start there. You can also support this podcast by simply clicking on the button. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll come back soon and listen to more episodes of Creative Conversations with Roger Humphrey.